You are now listening to DTF Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the third, that's one, two, three episode of Delta Tango Fireteam Podcast. Glad you're joining us again, and joining me today, BXRing his way into your headphones, Bobby Smith. And fresh off a plane from Tarkov, Aaron Luther. I am one broken armor plate away from uninstalling, and I'm your host, Dustin Adams. Jumping right into it today, we've got probably a long show ahead of us. There's a lot to talk about. A lot has happened over the past week. Uh, we've got graphic graphics cards announcements from NVIDIA. We've got uh, Gamescom 2020. Tons of games that were shown off there. We'll talk about some of our favorites from that. Uh, Nintendo had a Direct just today, so luckily we caught that before recording, and we will talk about that as well. So kind of just jumping right into our first topic, NVIDIA, new graphics cards. Bobby, tell me about this. Oh wow, some wild stuff here. So they announced three new cards in order of uh, graphic power. We have the RTX 3070, the RTX 3080, and the RTX 3090. And these are coming out very soon. This month, actually. Uh, the 3090 will launch for $14.99 on September 24th. The 3080 will launch for $6.99 on September 17th. And the 3070, which honestly is an incredible deal, will launch in October for $4.99. Um, a little info about the cards. Um, the 3080, the mid midpoint card, has twice the performance power of their last-gen high-end card, which is still going for around $1,200, and that's for a $700 new card. The 3070, the 499 card, the weakest of the new series, is rough, slightly ahead in graphical performance than the 2080 Ti, which is the highest end card they, of this previous series, which is kind of wild that you can get a new card for $499. that's better than the $1,200 card that's still selling right now here in four weeks, five weeks. One thing that's really cool... Um, I see they're doing with these cards. Um, they have this new feature called RTX IO, which is using a feature that will actually be coming to the new consoles, the Series X and the PS5. It uses uh, something called Mi Microsoft Create called Direct Storage API. And what it does is the graphics card will be able to directly grab assets from storage and completely bypass the processor, which typically what happens is because um, in storage a lot of game files are compressed, the processor will grab them, decompress them, pass them on to the graphics card. So with this, we should see improved asset streaming and load times. And this is also, like I said, a feature that's coming to the new consoles as well. All super interesting. Super interesting. So um, what you're telling me is is low latency. 
um, with yep. with the the processor being kind of, I mean, not completely, but in some circumstances, obviously being kind of cut out, cut out, yep, uh, no being, the being the middleman yep. type of thing. Cool, yep. cool, it's very cool. Now, here's my question to you. I know that you're kind of planning a PC build, and you've mentioned that on the show previously as well. With these new cards being announced, does that factor into oh, uh, kind of your thinking for you know, for it, your new build or what? It does because that 3070 for only 499 being better than a current $1,200 card is insane. I was watching uh, Linus Tech Tips earlier, and he was talking about this as well. This hasn't happened since 2004, where the low end of a new series of cards is better than the high end of the previous series. It basically makes them, once these launch, it makes this old gen, the 2000 series, basically obsolete. Because, you're, you know, even the gen before that, the 1000 series, the 1080 Ti is still going uh, refurbished for four or five hundred bucks. Right. It's just insane. It's almost like they're undercutting themselves, and it makes it really... Well, what do you... My my next question is, and I, I think that's all great, but what do you think the availability is going to be like? Ooh, I mean, one, not good. one would have to think that, right, <laughs> not people good. are just going to jump all over this because, I mean, right. if it, like, you, like you mentioned, it's really a, an amazing deal. Right, so. yeah. It's, um, you know, it typically happens with launches like these for these new cards... Um, and then we'll see a, a price increase. They'll start selling for more than what, you know, they're actually supposed to be, MSRP is supposed to be. Um, and then you'll have, because these are considered reference prices. This is the card directly from NVIDIA. Um, then you're going to get third-party companies like Asus, Gigabyte coming in. And what they'll do is, they'll tweak the card too. They might give it a little overclock, put on a better coolers, and then charge a premium for that. So, so if you're really fortunate to get one now and you want one, I mean, I don't know what kind of waiting list you need to get on, but you should probably hop on looking that up right now. Right. Yeah. So it'll probably be tough for a while, and like anything, after the uh, they kind of been out in the wild for a while, you'll probably be able to pick one up later on. Right. That type of thing. Yep. yep. Luther. I yes. know you are part of the PC Master Race. I am. What are your thoughts on this? Does this is this intrigue you? Is this something that you you might look at to purchase? What What are your thoughts here? I mean, I, I would love to. Uh, I mean, there there's some cool stuff with this uh, with these cards. Um, I mean, a thirty what thirty seventy? Would you say it was four ninety nine? Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's hard to pass up. And then also, uh, aside from the GPUs, they also introduced this like NVIDIA broadcast software, which looks pretty cool. Uh, since I like to stream occasionally, you can uh, you can do like green screen effects now without having a green screen behind you, which I thought was cool. And they have all sorts of like noise suppression technologies in there, and it looks pretty interesting. So we'll see. We'll see what the old wallet suggests. Hey, if you're on the fence, they do light up. Just so you know. <laughs> Perfect. But if you got a, a they clear do look case, sleek. Then... They they look sleek. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, cool. I think that's all great stuff. You know, one one would think that ATI would have a rebuttal 
to the these cards, right? At some point. I'm sure they would. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that's what. I supposedly there's a RTX 3060. They'll be coming down the pipe at some point, an even cheaper version in this gen. But I think that's what they're waiting for. I they're not releasing it yet, and I think that's why they're waiting for you know AMD's response, and then nope. they can try and undercut because typically. Um, oh, a- that's what I meant. Oh, AMD. What did I say? ATI. A- <laughs> <laughs> what well, used Sorry. to be. I mean, you're not wrong. It right. Was, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, I'm showing my age here. Boys. Yeah. <laughs> so also, like, I'm reading right now on this uh, minimum power supply is recommended to be 750 watts. Uh, no big deal. Perfect. Well, cool new stuff coming down the pipeline for PC gamers. That'll be really exciting to see how all that stuff kind of develops and. Uh, you know, what the availability is going to be like and, and kind of where the price point ends up and, uh, and all that kind of stuff. So we'll kind of keep our, our eyes on it. When we know, we'll let you know. Uh, moving on, if you guys are ready. Last week we talked about uh, Avengers. We talked microtransactions. Ironically, those two things kind of came together after we aired the episode. There's been a little bit of light shed on Avengers and some of its DLC or, uh, you know, microtransaction stuff that uh, is going to be out there, and people are not super excited about it. It seems a little uh, crummy. It seems a little, I, I don't know if I want to use the word predatory, but uh, we've kind of seen some of this stuff come to light, is what they're going to be doing in the game, and it seems kind of kind of crappy i guess uh bobby you kind of informed us on on that news can you shed a little more light a little more detail on uh on those microtransactions yeah so i dug into it a little more and actually the past day or so a little more information has come out on what exactly they're doing so basically each character has a battle pass and there are six characters at launch Um, similar to Fortnite, you know how you have, like, a free battle pass, and then you have the premium battle pass that you can pay for to make sure that at every level you get a reward for ranking up? Each character is basically set up like that, um, and through going through that 40 levels, um, you'll, you'll unlock, you know, cosmetics, different items for the characters to wear, and the first six characters, when you buy the game you get the premium battle pass for all six of those. For any post-launch characters that come out, you get the free version, you get the character for free, you get their free battle pass, but then in order to unlock all their cosmetics and whatever other items are in there, you have to pay an additional $10. So it doesn't sound as bad. Originally, it had come out and it made it sound like you were going to have to pay $10 per character. Um, Okay. One of the one of the things though about their system is you rank up your battle pass through the getting these points from daily and weekly challenges. On each character you can get 64 credits a week and it takes 200 to complete the battle pass. So you're looking at, you know, a month worth of invested time per character to unlock all their items and then potentially move on to another character to start unlocking. Um, what they have going on. Sure. And it's almost like it's incentivizing you to pay the $10 or 
or actually to pay for the tiers to jump through those 40 rings as fast as you can to get onto the next guy to start unlocking what they got and so on. So, Right. Well, now that you kind of mention all that, now that there's some more detail on it, it doesn't sound near as bad as it did initially. Right. Initially, it, it was pretty bad. It, it sounded very coarse. This seems much more uh, standard, more run-of-the-mill, uh, like a lot of battle passes are structured, I, from what you've described, I don't really have a problem with it now. Like I said, it sounds very normal, so I don't think that's all that bad. No, um, I, I agree with you. Yeah, it doesn't sound, at least from what we were hearing, you know, last week. Yeah. Well, at the very least, at least we mentioned it, and people know a little bit more about how those passes are going to be structured. Obviously, like anything that is like this, they can decide whether it's for them or, or whether it's not. With the way that it sounded initially, it it really kind of pushed me to the point of being like, well, I really don't want to buy the game now because I don't want to support a developer that would uh, structure microtransactions like that. So right. uh, I'm glad that we cleared it up because now I'm kind of back in the realm of thinking about getting it. And, so that's cool. And a plus two is... Through each character's premium battle pass, like I said, you get the first six premium battle passes free. You can earn, for each of those characters, a total of 1,300 additional credits. So, similar to Fortnite, you know, you, you complete the battle pass and you've earned these credits for the next character's battle pass. You can use that those credits to unlock the premium version of the next one. Right. Very you cool. Know, yeah. So, a lot like... Like getting the COD points that are sprinkle, sprinkled through the battle pass in Warzone, which you can put towards the next battle pass if you so choose. Uh, so that's a cool way to, to do it. Right. Luther, did you have any thoughts on Avengers, uh, the things we've kind of discussed here? Uh, yeah, I was a little skeptical at first. Uh, I saw a lot of outrage after that got posted. One of the comments I saw was something like, Oh, here's a $60 game trying to be free to play in charged people, which we all know what happened with uh with EA's crap with Battle was it Battlefront 2. And I I would just hate to see history repeat itself. I know this isn't EA, but a lot of people were outraged with that and uh I wouldn't want to see Marvel a Marvel game do that because I'm a huge Marvel fan and that would really really upset me. And it's fans, I'm sure. But but now that Bobby put that into perspective, it doesn't sound as bad. Right. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Moving on. Uh, Gamescom 2020 just happened. It was an online event, like a lot of events are these days. Um, you know, with the, the world circumstances, uh, things have really moved in that direction. And it's cool, I think, that they've they still went ahead and had an event, even though it was online completely, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of events were, were just cancelled outright. Obviously, E3 being the big one. So, I think it's still cool for some of these events to be able to push forward and, and still have something, even if it's a, a completely online you know, streaming type event. So, like I said, Gamescom 2020 just happened. Uh, from what I saw, there was a lot of Indie games showcased at the event, which was really cool. There was just so many that I don't think we could even list them all here in the show. And if we did, 
we would probably just take up the rest of the show listing all the games because there were that many. But what I thought we could do is pick out a couple of games that we saw in the showcase that stood out to us that looked cool. Bobby, what, what did you see out of Gamescom 2020 that caught your eye? Um, I watched quite a few of the trailers, um, kind of catching up. Um, a lot of them, you know, really didn't didn't strike me as hard as they would have because a lot of them were just cinematic trailers, which doesn't really give you a good impression of the game. But um, Ratchet and Clank, which isn't an indie game, but they they came out with an extended demo, and it looks fantastic. Uh, I believe it's called A Rift Between Worlds if I'm not mistaken. And he's, like, using his uh, little arm grappling hook and, like, jumping through portals to get onto the other sides of different arenas uh, to get different angles on enemies. Um, it just looked like a lot of fun. Sure. And that's uh will be a PlayStation exclusive, correct? Oh, of course. Yeah. Yep. Was there anything else that stood out to you? There was, uh, th- there was one other game... Um, it kind of had a little... It was uh, called Per Aspera. It's a planet builder, similar to a sim planet builder where you're building a planet, um, setting up like little depots and running fuel lines between places. Um, it looked really interesting, but I kind of need to see more of it before I'm sold. It was... Um, I like a good sim every now and again, and, and this one just kind seemed kind of different. So it was like Sim City, but on a cosmic scale. Yeah, on a planet. Yeah, like the planet they showed, uh, it looked almost Mar- It looked almost like Mars, and they were setting up like little depots and beacons, and then like kind of building a city around that to different like fuel locations or whatnot. It was it was really interesting. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Luther, did you did you check out any games from Gamescom at all? Yeah, yeah, I saw the uh, Ratchet and Clank, and it does look really good. It looks super pretty from the uh, demo they showed. But the one that really caught my eye uh, was Outriders. Um, I'm a huge. It, it kind of, well. Let me take a step back. It looks kind of like a cross between Destiny and Anthem, if that makes sense. Uh, you 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 have these characters, and they each have different powers and things like that, uh, like elemental abilities. Uh, I don't really know the whole backstory behind it, but it looks like you go out and hunt monsters and things like that. Uh, it's It looks like an RPG-esque game where you can upgrade your character and get new weapons and things like that. Saw, what was it? One of them, one of the characters, he has like a rock ability where he can turn his body into rock as a shield and he can do like this ground pound thing. I don't know, it looks pretty cool. I, I like games like that. So that was the one that really caught my eye and looked interesting. Is it third person? It is third person, yes. Okay. Interesting. That's cool. Have they uh I haven't seen that, but it does sound very interesting. Do they, have they announced what platforms it's on or I, I believe all of them. Oh, very cool. Yep. Very cool. Well, I will have to check that out. Um I did I did check out a few games myself. The first one that I saw that looked interesting to me was called it's called Gigabash. And I'll have to apologize, I don't remember the developer's name, but it's like a, uh, I don't know, think like Rampage almost, or like Pacific Rim type type deal where it's like, you're basically playing, it's like a, a brawler type thing, 
and you're uh, like a giant monster or a giant robot with a uh, you know weapons or whatever so it's kind of a it's a four i think four player like battle royale type deal where you start in and you're all fighting each other and there's a big cityscape and you know you fight each other and you can utilize the terrain as cover or weapons or things like that and you've got special abilities and you basically just get in there and beat the crap out of each other as these giant monsters or robots or what have you. I've always kind of been big into the big into mecha stuff. You know, I love Gundam and I love Pacific Rim. I love Voltron. All that just giant robot stuff I've always been really into. So this caught my eye. Very colorful, you know, arcadey. It looks like it would be a real good time and you wouldn't have to get super serious about, you know, your kill-to-death ratio or, or whatever if you're concerned about that stuff. So it looked just like, like a like a fun romp to me. So it was very interesting. Giga Bash. Go check that out. I, I watched the trailer for that, and I would totally okay. be concerned with my kill-death ratio. That's what's <laughs> oh, <really? laughs> That's funny. No, it looked like a lot yeah. of fun. The buildings were smashing. Like you were, They were, like, tearing down the city as they were fighting. It looked really interesting. Yeah, it looked fun to me. Uh, I it was I think PC and Switch only is what that was coming out on. So that would be uh, a fun Switch game for me to pick up. And then the other game that stood out to me, which it was, it's more of a mainline thing, which is fine. But Kingdom of Amalur, the remaster—they're calling it Re Reckoning. The subtitle to the original game was just Reckoning, so it makes sense. Uh, that was originally a 2K game. I'm not sure who's making it now. It does look really great. Kingdom of, Kingdom of Amalur was kind of a... I'd say a cult classic, almost. I, I don't really know what the numbers were, like how it sold back in the day, but I know a lot of people think fondly of the game. It was kind of one that, to me, seemed like it was primed for sequels and things like that. And for whatever reason, it just never took off and, and they never went anywhere with the series. But it looked very cool, or it looks very cool, you know, medieval-type aesthetic, you know, armor and magic and, you know, think Elder Scrolls, that type of stuff. It looks very cool, up my alley. I, I remember playing the demo back in the day, thought a lot of it. Uh, even I didn't end up picking up the actual game, though, but... I remember the mechanics being really solid, and from what I saw, it even looked really good back then, so I think this is a definite pickup for me. They kind of showed a you know theatrical trailer of the game and and they spliced in some shots of you know in game perspective. It didn't really show the minute to minute gameplay, which I really want to see, but i I really don't have any doubts that that this will turn out well, uh, you know, it's a good base product that they're starting from and iterating on, so I think that's going to work out really good. Yeah, I saw, um, I watched a trailer on that, and it totally gave me Elder Scrolls vibes. Like, uh, Morrowind Oblivion vibes. It looked really interesting. Right. And I love those games, so I, I was a big Oblivion fan, so I'm I'm all for jumping into this one and giving it a shot. In other news, Nintendo, like I mentioned at the top of the show, had a Direct Today 
all about Mario. It's the 35th anniversary of Mario in Japan. So in celebration of that, they had a this Mario-themed Nintendo Direct today. And there was a bunch of cool stuff that came out of that. I am super excited for some of this stuff. And, uh, and some of the details on that, and the big one, is they announced Super Mario 3D All-Stars. And that is for Nintendo Switch, obviously. And that's going to contain Super Mario 64, Super Mario Sunshine, and Super Mario Galaxy in one package on the Nintendo Switch. So that's going to be very exciting. Uh, I can't wait to play those games. Another plus, obviously, well, maybe not obviously, but they have up those games to HD. So Super Mario 64 is going to be in 720p, which is awesome. And then Sunshine and Super Mario Galaxy are going to be in full HD 1080p, which is going to look awesome on my TV because I'm 100% getting this. What do you guys think about it? I uh, I can get behind it, get some Mario nostalgia going. I think that's an awesome idea to port that over to the Switch. I agree. You know, I um, the only 3D Mario I've really played is 64, and that was a long time ago. I'm sure I never finished it either. I, I was I was young, but one of the things um from the direct that I thought was just wild. Was the Mario Kart home circuit? That just looked incredible. <laughs> yeah. I, I, at first I was like, okay, it's like a camera. And then they showed the little car with the little RC car with the camera on it. And the little setup. Right. I, uh, I called my wife in. Uh, she loves Mario Kart. She's, she's always playing Mario Kart on the Switch. And uh, she's like, we have to get that. And uh, I'm for it. Uh, it looks like a lot of fun. So just to put a little context uh, for all those out there that may not have watched it, what Bobby's talking about is they announced Mario Kart. It's called Home Circuit. And basically what it is is it's a remote, well, I guess remote controlled, like an RC car that has a camera on it. And you actually control the car in real life with your Nintendo Switch. And basically... And I think some of the details were probably left out, so we'll probably find out more about it later, but there's some way to set up the racetrack is actually wherever you happen to be. So, for example, your living room or your kitchen, or I don't know if it can spread across rooms, but somehow you map the track out in real life wherever you happen to be, and then you physically control the car with your Switch. Yeah. And so it's it's kind of a it's kind of an AR game, augmented yeah. reality game. Yeah, cool. Where, yeah, it, it looks really dope. Yeah, like they had well, uh, like the sides of the track lit up with um, or not lit up, like barriers made out of like upside down plastic cups and things. And one thing they did I didn't see, but they do have like virtual boxes you pick up as you're playing, so you can still like throw bananas and shells. And I didn't really see in the um. In the trailer they showed, what your car actually does when you get hit by one of those, like right. does he does he actually like stall out for a second or you know they do it, they do it okay. did show it okay. yeah it did show it briefly it. right it did show it briefly and I think it was 
it, you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong, but I think in the video it was somebody getting hit with the the blue shell. Oh, okay. And basically, it cut away to the car in in real life, and it basically just stopped right where it was. <laughs> See, that's to, awesome. <laughs> to sim- right to simulate getting hit by the blue shell. So it it looks like the real the real cars will emulate obviously the best they can the uh, the different power ups and stuff you get in in the Mario Kart you know from the Mario Kart type universe yeah so and it looks it like, does look really yeah it looks like that's coming out October sixteenth so not too far away I'm gonna have to go get my get my Bowser <laughs> car or get set up <laughs> I was about to yeah, ask it... if it came with a blue shell to toss at your friends. But you kind of answered that, right? <laughs> the, yeah, there are power ups in the game, and I know I saw there was a Mario and a Luigi cart. I can imagine them having a lot more than that. Did they actually show they, a Bowser they cart, didn't. Bobby? I, I would have to imagine okay. that there would have to be, simply because like the way Nintendo does things, like you look at the amiibos. How right. many amiibos are there? You can give me, you can give me a little roster of cars here to choose from. So. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we'll and see. I agree. Maybe, I, maybe that's not the case, but I hope so. Well, who knows? Maybe they're kind of just testing the water with it. It's popular enough that they could. I could definitely see them bringing out a whole different line of cars, but maybe it's more of a safe bet to just start with, obviously, Mario and Luigi, and, uh, you know, if it doesn't take off, then they can kind of cut their losses. But, yeah, maybe it's a whole... It's a, you know, wait-and-see type of thing with popularity, but... I can definitely see a lot of lot of potential with this game. It's uh I guess you can always really leave it to Nintendo to kind of innovate and come up with a new idea like it looking at it now it makes so much sense like of course this is a great idea but they just always bring the heat with you know this innovative type thinking and it is it is really cool. Uh before we get too far away I do want to mention that the Super Super Mario 3D All-Stars, uh, they did give a release date for that. It's coming up very soon, September 18th. So, I, you know, I think there were leaks and rumor, or at least rumors about this for a while, but nothing concrete. So, overall, I think they really held their cards close to the chest on this one. Uh, I was very surprised I did not expect it, and the 18th is only a couple weeks away. So, it, if it didn't come through, I'm obviously really excited about this. I am 100% getting it. I'm going to, like Luther said, freaking Mario nostalgia it up like the big dog. So, you know, I I played 64 back in the back in the day on my Nintendo 64. I had Sunshine for my GameCube. Uh, and I never got Galaxy. I actually never had a Wii or a Wii U. I kind of just skipped those generations. So I'm very, very eager to play Galaxy. I always thought the aesthetic was beautiful, the... The outer space thing uh, was really cool to me, so I'm definitely excited to revisit these old Mario games and play the crap out of them, but also, at least for me, get something completely new that I haven't played before, so I'm all in on that. I do want to mention as well, although it is coming out September 18th, it's a bit of bit of a weird messaging from Nintendo, I guess... It's going to be a limited release, both physically and digitally, which is strange. Uh, and a lot of people, I, I saw posts and comments on Reddit kind of 
there was a lot of confusion circling around this and why they would do that. I don't know that we 100% know the answer. We can definitely see, or I can definitely see the physical release, why that could be a limited thing, I guess. Um, but the digital, I don't think anybody really understands why you would limit that, why you wouldn't just put it out there and let people buy it to their heart's content for as long as they want. I don't really know why. I The only thing I can surmise is that Nintendo is obviously very protective of the Mario property. Uh, you know, it's really the face to their company. So I don't know if it's some weird, you know, tedious thought about protecting the brand or something. I don't really understand it. But I think it. they noted that it's available from September 18th, like I mentioned, to the end of March 2021. I definitely think that anybody out there that's interested in this will definitely get it in that window. But uh, just be aware of that. And and it's unclear at this point if it will just they'll just completely pull it or if because the games are bundled together some of the speculation is that maybe uh when that time comes they'll pull the bundle and then kind of re-release these games individually for potentially a higher price it's kind of unclear at this point but uh, september 18th to the 31st of march 2021 go out there and grab it i know i will uh, moving on, more items from the uh, Super Mario Direct or the Mario Direct from today. Another thing that they announced was Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Revenge. I don't know really what the plus Bowser's Revenge is. I think that, that might is be a new... new... I think so. I think it's a new DLC that they're, they've created for this kind of re-release. So Super Mario 3D World was a... 3DS, and a Wii U game, I believe. Obviously, they're bringing it to Switch come uh, February 12th, 2021. So that is also coming to the Switch. So that's uh, four, four mainline Mario, 3D Mario games that are coming to the Switch. So very exciting. Did you, um, did you see that Super Mario Bros. 35 by chance? Oh, yeah, there the, was that too. The, yeah, why don't you tell us about that, Bobby? Yeah, so I thought this was really interesting. It's it's a Mario essentially a Mario BR. You and 30 other 35 other players each on your own screens are playing through Mario levels. And as you kill enemies, it sends them to you, your opponent's screens and last one standing wins. That was one thing I wasn't unclear on, and maybe you can tell me uh, how that worked, Bobby, or, or hopefully, anyway, is when you or somebody else gets sent to, you know, you get sent to the, your, their screen, uh, or they get sent to your screen, how do you actually eliminate them? Well, I mean, is it treated like any other enemy in a well, game? Like, you just bonk on their head, or how does that work? From my understanding, you don't, your character, your Mario, doesn't get sent to the other screens. It's just the enemies you kill. So if I kill a bunch of Goombas, uh, they're getting sent out to other player screens, and they now have to deal with them. Uh, it, you know? it's, uh, okay. it, it's almost like a tug-of-war style. Yeah, in uh, last okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, it was so, really interesting. So, essentially, it's the same principle as Tetris 99, which was like the Tetris Battle Royale game that they played, in that 
the more blocks you eliminate from your screen, they get added to somebody else's screen. Oh my god, so that it's would the be same a kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works. And so That's it's basically nightmare. the same principle. I'm here to fuck up this. your mission. <laughs> <laughs> That the enemies get added from one to another. So that's that is cool. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, that, super... that sounds pretty fun. Uh... <laughs> yeah, it does sound fun. And and again, that's a limited uh release type of thing. Although I think it is free yeah, I think if, if you're, you're... Yeah, free if you're a Nintendo Switch Online subscriber. And it's available, I think... Is it, it available it now? Today. Yeah, I thought it was free today. Okay. Yeah. So it's available now, again, until March 31st of 2021. So that looked really cool. Um, and then kind of the last announcement they made was the uh, the original Super Mario All-Stars is available on the Super Nintendo app for Nintendo Switch Online uh, subscribers, and it's available today, and that contains the original Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers 2, 3, and the Lost Levels, so everything that was in the original Super Mario All-Stars is on Nintendo Switch Online right now. I actually jumped on it a little bit before uh, we started the podcast here today, and really, all that I could determine was I am terrible absolutely terrible at the old school Mario games, but I tried. It was fun. I jumped into Super Mario Bros. 2, uh, which is kind of a... I don't know. They're all, they're all very unique, I feel like. Super Mario Brothers 1, 2, and 3, they kind of have their own style, but I jumped into 2 a little bit, um, made it to World 2, and literally just drained my lives and had to start over, so... <laughs> Um, <laughs> I was always fond of uh, Super Mario World for SNES. Yeah. It was like my first yeah. game, if I'm not mistaken. It was mine, too. Yeah. And it, it, it is on there, too, actually. Oh, so. is it? Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah, not not included in this, but it is it is already in there. So Sweet. Uh, but that that really wraps up most of the bullet points from the Direct. Again, it was very exciting stuff. Um, I'm going to be jumping on some of this stuff for sure. So if you want to go check out any of that, there's obviously VODs of the uh, the Direct as a whole, or you can kind of piecemeal whatever you might be interested in uh, that was announced if you want to check any of that out. Moving on, let's go to our focus section for this episode. And I wanted to talk on uh, the console launch for this year. We're coming up to the console launch. Xbox is launching the, their Series X. PlayStation 5 is coming out this year. So I kind of wanted to touch on that. What we think the launch is going to be like. What uh, what our thoughts on the console wars are. Memories from previous console launches. And what some of our memorable moments are from some of the previous consoles that we've owned. And... Uh, just talk about some of our near and dear memories from that kind of stuff. But starting at the top, what do we think the launch of the new consoles are going to be like this year? Luther, what do you think? Man, it's hard to say. Uh, I'm sure they're going to sell like hotcakes. They always do. Um, I'm sure Black Friday is going to be crazy with, with sales. If they're out by then, I'm assuming they will be. 
or it might be a little after. I don't remember uh, exact dates, but uh, yeah, I think I think the uh, the fanboys are going to come out in, in swarms and steal them all off the shelves. Sure, I can agree with that. Bobby, what about yourself? You know, to that point, it is weird. Like uh, Luther mentioned, you know, there's no there's no release date yet. We don't know when when they're when they're coming. I know rumors put them in November. Um, so I'm really having a hard time gauging, you know, what it's gonna be like because we don't have a price, no release date. I mean, you like I said, you can kind of extrapolate from previous launches when they're gonna be, but and how much they'll cost, but. You know, especially including quantity um, with, you know, COVID-19 and potential production issues. Um, we might see less of them on the shelves this year. So it's just, I, I think it's going to be really interesting to wait and see what that's all going to look like uh, when whenever they stop playing chicken and decide to announce, you know, <laughs> the specifics here of what what's going on, you know. Right. Yeah, I agree with all that completely. They have been playing their cards very close to the chest. You know, I think in, in previous times would have known these I, relatively simple details long ago. But yeah, they they've been they have not announced an official release date for either one of the major consoles. They have not told us the price point of the Series X, the PS5, or the discless PS5 version, or the worst-kept secret of the Xbox Series S. Uh, we don't know the price of that either. It will be interesting to see how that pans out, I agree. I think that the the one thing I've really heard is Phil Spencer has said that uh, there won't be any shortages, at least in the Series X. So that's really all we have to go on. I believe... Sony has countered and said that they don't foresee any shortages or supply issues with the PS5 either. So as long as that is true, that's good news in that, it, at least going off what they're saying, there will be supply of the consoles. So hopefully there's enough to go around when the time comes. But yeah, I would love to see how it's going to develop and and know these details of price and and availability or the release date uh obviously that's going to make a difference as well i think that a lot of it is going to be kind of the normal that that we've seen in the past even if they do have good supply i think initially it's going to be hard to get the consoles you know people really kind of snap them up and you'll see the you know the guy that buys two and puts one on ebay and the the price gouging and that kind of thing which Nobody really likes, but it is kind of just the way it is anymore. And then once everything kind of cools down and they've been out for a few months, it'll be it'll be fairly easy to get them off off the shelf um, whenever you want type of thing. So we'll we'll see how it turns out, obviously. But in at least in my opinion, I don't foresee it being too much different than than previous console generations have gone. So. We'll, we'll see. Uh, moving on a little bit to the next topic involved here. There's always talk of the console wars, and anymore, it, you know, it's Xbox versus, or Microsoft versus Sony. In the past, it was obviously Nintendo thrown in the mix there, but for several generations, they've kind of 
well, even really since the GameCube, they've kind of gone on and done their own thing and don't really care to be included in the quote-unquote war with Sony and Microsoft. What are your guys' thoughts on this whole idea of a console war? Oh, I'm sick of it. I'm so sick of it. I I, I hate to be a fanboy, but Microsoft is uh, always going to be near and dear to my heart. I, I do own all consoles. I own a Switch. I own a PlayStation. I own an Xbox. So, you know, I fanboy over Xbox, but man, I hate... It doesn't matter what it is. IGN or any game, any gaming thing could be posting an article and Sony guys step in and just, they it's a dick measuring contest, you know? It's so annoying. I hate reading the posts about it. Um, I'm just sick of the console wars. We're all gamers. Get the fuck over it. Enjoy your games. That's how I feel. Yeah, that's a fair point. I can get behind that. I can get behind that for sure. Bobby, what do you think? You know, I, I think it's interesting you mentioned Nintendo being kind of taking a step back from it and, you know, they moved in a very different direction. I feel like that's where Microsoft and Sony are headed. I feel like since the Xbox One and PS4 launched, Xbox has tried to distance itself from the direction Sony goes in by by trying to offer up more unique studios or... Um, more media features, things like that. Um, not to mention with their game subscription and games with gold and things like that. And I know PlayStation has PlayStation Plus and and the like, but Microsoft Microsoft's Xbox ecosystem is kind of melding into the PC market anymore. That's that's kind of the direction they're taking it, and I feel like that that's gonna. That's gonna separate them enough to where to where it's not arguing about you know specs of this console or versus the PlayStation Five. It's it's gonna be like, well, yeah, but I can enjoy all the Xbox games on my high powered PC just fine, um, all first party titles and things like that in a higher graphical setting than either of the consoles could produce. It's almost like they're they're moving out of just being a one ecosystem device. And it's funny you mentioned that because, you know, Sony, they have their exclusives. Xbox have their exclusives. What's funny is everyone's like, oh, you know, Sony, we have the best exclusives. Well, all their exclusives are now porting over to PC. So we got what Horizons uh, Zero Dawn. Uh, whatever the bridge game is that Hideo Kojima uh that <laughs> stranding <laughs> the, <laughs> the bridge game <laughs> um USPS 2030 yes yes yeah. <laughs> uh what uh, well, there's another one I'm pretty sure and I can't even remember it but yeah I mean consoles are gonna I mean they'll always be there but PCs where it's at <laughs> yeah I feel like we're hitting a good resurgence here where these games well, that used to be exclusive are now we're 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 okay launching on both now, you know, uh, and that feels sure. good. Yeah, no, I I agree with a lot of what you guys have said. My thoughts on it, uh, you know, I definitely think that Microsoft is the most consumer friendly and trend setting company in games right now. 
and I think it's obvious with, uh, you know, I think that that Sony is kind of touted as, you know, king of the mountain right now because they, they had such good numbers with the PlayStation 4, which is really great. But I think they constantly are emulating the the direction that Microsoft is taking. You know, Microsoft, like you mentioned, Bobby, is kind of opening up the their portfolio to to PC gamers and and I think Microsoft's strategy is that obviously it's important that people buy Xbox and play an Xbox, but frankly, they just want you playing Xbox games and they don't care where. I think we've seen that evident in in some of the titles that they've put on Switch too. Like Cuphead was a Xbox exclusive and then you know, it's on Switch now. That was a big deal. And I know they've had some other... Uh, Ori in the Blind Forest, too. Xbox exclusive. Um, you know, kind of a second-party Microsoft Studio in Moon Studios, which is cool. And that is now on Switch. So it's cool to see them kind of branch out and put their games in other places, uh, like the Switch, and especially people, to see them diversify. And I think it's obvious that that it's the right direction to take because the competition is emulating them. You know, there's no no greater form of flattery than emulation. So, you know, everybody says that Sony's on top, but they they are copying Microsoft. And um, you know, I agree with Luther that I am in a hundred percent not for the console wars. I don't you know, I think it's all good for gamers. You know, buy consoles, buy PCs, buy games. It's it's all good for the community and and all that stuff. You know, I don't care where people play. You're very welcome to play on PlayStation. I, you know, full disclosure, like Luther, I'm a total Xbox fanboy. I have been since they've come out. You know, but I've owned a PlayStation too. I've owned I've owned a original PlayStation. I've owned a PlayStation 2. I've owned a PlayStation 3. So I I love Sony. I love those consoles. Um, but my preference is the Xbox. And, and that's okay. You know, I don't dislike anybody for wanting to play on PlayStation. I think that's great. And, you know, a big trend that's evolving now is crossplay. Like Warzone is, is totally crossplay between PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. Love I think it. that's great. You know, I I, I think that's a trend, you know, to, honestly, to Sony's dismay. I mean, they've been they've been dragged kicking and screaming into crossplay for some of these games. So, and and it seems like Microsoft is, you know, the statements from Phil Spencer and and obviously the proof is in the pudding. They've they've demonstrated that they're all for crossplay and, and signing up for for those crossplay initiatives in Warzone, in PUBG, and other games too, I'm sure. So it's cool to see all that stuff happen. You know, I I just think it's it's good for games. And like Bobby also mentioned, Xbox Game Pass is a huge. You know, that's the best deal in gaming. Uh, it's very cool stuff. And I don't think that there's ever been a better time to be a gamer, no matter what platform you play on. So just keep playing and have fun and and quit worrying about where everybody's playing. It doesn't matter where you're playing as long as you're playing. So I think that's really great stuff. Um, kind of, I kind of want to just roll into the next topic. 
uh, in this discussion, honestly, and uh, talk about some memories from previous console launches. Um, I I really haven't. I don't think I've ever been. I haven't done like a midnight launch for a console ever. You know, I really. I, I've definitely gotten consoles within the. You know, within the initial release window. Uh, of their launch type of thing, but I've never been like day one, went out and got it type of thing. So, and when I was younger, it was mostly like, oh, you know, I had to save up allowance or it was a gift for a, a birthday or Christmas type of thing. So it was more like I had to kind of wait until those events transpired because I was so young and obviously didn't work and couldn't just go out and buy things whenever I wanted. So, uh, but I, you know, I've had most of the major consoles that have come out. It's, I've been very fortunate in being able to experience a lot of the different consoles that, that have been on the market throughout, um, the years, you know, starting with Super Nintendo, Genesis, PlayStation, uh, the first Xbox and, and kind of through those consoles, um, you know, as they iterated and came out with new versions. So it's been really cool. I think to to touch on the, the actual topic at hand, though, a fond memory that I have from, uh, I guess I'll call it a console launch. This was about six months after the 360 came out. And it, again, it was another scenario where, you know, I was about uh, 15 or 16 when the 360 came out. So... It was a matter of, and I was working then, but still living at home. You know, I was in high school at the time and uh, just kind of saving up enough money to, to purchase that console. And, you know, I was saving every penny I could, obviously, to, to get the 360 because, you know, I had to have the new Xbox. And I remember going to GameStop and picking it up and purchasing it. You know, I didn't even drive then, which is funny looking back on it. So my mother took me. And I was standing in there, and I had the console. And remember, the first game that I got was The Elder Scrolls IV Oblivion, which just inherently, like, A, that is a really great game on its own, but B, because of that, it kind of holds a special place in my heart because that was the first 360 game that I had and played, and I really put countless hours into that game. Anyway, that's a whole other story. But... uh I didn't have enough money for the console and the game. I had enough money for the console and I think some of the game, but I couldn't afford it all. So I either had to get the console with no game and uh, just deal with it until I had enough money to get it. But luckily, I have a really great mom and she spotted me the money for for the game. So I was able to take The Elder Scrolls Four home with me and put just ungodly amounts of hours into that game, <laughs> which uh, I look back on really fondly. And, like most other people, Hexic HD was pre-installed on the 360, so <laughs> I also spent a stupid amount of hours playing Hexic HD. So that is uh, my little memory from uh, quote-unquote console launch. Do you guys have any console launch memories to share? Uh, yeah, so actually I did the, uh, the, <laughs> the Xbox one day one. Uh, I can't remember if I did midnight. I'm pretty sure I did. It, 
so I got what was it? Dead Rising Three, which was one of the launch titles, and I played the crap out of that game. But here's I'll never forget this shit with this Xbox. So obviously there were issues with the Xbox when it launched. A lot of people had this grinding disk drive, which luckily I didn't have, but I had my own. I had that problem. Uh, Yeah, I was lucky enough not to have that issue, but (laughs) I'll never forget this shit. Uh, So one of the things, I swear to God, it had a mind of its own, dude. There were, (laughs) there was one night, it was like early in the morning. I was still sleeping. All of a sudden, I hear ding, and it kicks on, and it boots into the game. And I'm, I like roll over. I'm like, "What the fuck is going on?" You know, it, dude, it was nuts. And then the best part, I it had some software issue at launch, uh, <laughs> and randomly, and I, you'd think it's hardware, but it was totally software because after a few updates, it was gone. But I swear to God, dude, mid-game, all of a sudden you'd hear ding, and it would eject the disc. I was so pissed all the time, dude. Bobby and I were in a raid on Destiny, and all of a sudden it goes ding, ding, and I'm like, oh, no, and it fucking ejected the disc. Mid-raid, I couldn't get back in, and I was so pissed. But, I mean, it was just, it was fun shit to think back on it, you know? Like, <laughs> how unlucky could you be mid-raid to get a disc ejection? It was right. good shit. Good shit. That is that is awful, <laughs> but it is hilarious <laughs> to talk about now. I will just say that. It was good shit for sure. Bobby, what about you? You know, I don't know if I have a, like a most memorable console launch, but I know I typically end up – I don't think I've ever ordered a new console and had it come through the mail. My favorite moment – is when you're when you finally you know whether it was when you know you were young and you were scrapping together money to be able to get get the new console or even today as recent as the Nintendo Switch that moment when you buy it in the store you put it in your car and then you have that you know for me it was usually 15 to 20 minutes where you're driving home absolutely elated almost nothing beats that like, it's like this anxious and enthusiastic feeling. Because, you know, as soon as you get home, you're just going to start tearing it open, getting stuff set up, and getting ready to roll. Nothing beats that for me. Yeah, I agree completely. That is, it is a, a rare and unique feeling when that does happen. It, uh, it is very, very special. I'm totally on board with that. Yeah. I think that for me, for me, the most special one, and... I have a lot of unique moments with different consoles. Like I said, I you know I was very blessed and lucky to have had many many of the major consoles that that have been out throughout the year. So very lucky in that regard. So I do have a lot of memories with each one of the consoles that that I could share. But I think the most special one to me was the original Xbox. I and it was out for quite some time by the time I got it, but. I had a, a friend that had a original Xbox that I, you know, obviously I was friends with him, but I did go over there and we played it a lot. So that was a lot of fun. That's a special memory that I hold dear on its own. But for me, getting my own console was was going going to Walmart with my dad. And I'd been talking about this Xbox console for 
months and months on end because, like I said, I, I had a friend that had this console. You know, that's when Halo was out. You know, I'd seen that for the first time. Completely blew my mind. Changed my life. Halo did. Uh, you know, and I'm sure we will get into that in a future podcast. Um, you know, Halo is very, very special to me. And, uh, and I think all of us. But uh, I digress from that. I went, we went to Walmart, me and my dad. And like I said, I'd been talking about this console for months. We got up there, you know, I'm telling him all about it, how cool it is, and, you know, on and on as a little kid would. And, you know, this is back when, and I guess they still do a little bit, but, you know, they had the, the display console, you know, on the, the tube television. And it's where they, remember, they had it elevated above, like, the, the, the cabinets that held the games, you know, so you had to, like, crane your neck upwards <laughs> to oh God. be able to see I know exactly yeah, what you're talking about. Ten minutes right. and you'd have, yeah, yeah, your neck would Carpal cramp. tunnel in your neck. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So my dad, who was not not a gamer by any means, it never was, you know, he was obviously uh, a generation or two too old for for that kind of stuff, you know, grabbed the controller. And I remember it was Dead or Alive. I think it was Dead or Alive 3? Or four, I don't remember which. I think one of them was a launch title for the original Xbox. Uh, so whichever one it was, Dead or Alive three or four, and uh, you know he's got the Xbox controller. You know it's the old Duke controller, the huge Duke controller, and he's you know craning his neck to play this game. And uh, you know after a, a minute or two of trying to to win the fight, he's like backs off the controller and he's like Dustin, you know, kick this guy's butt for me. And I just froze at that point, you know, and, and in my little, you know, I would have been 11 or 12 at the time. And my little, my little 11 or 12 year old mind, I was like, this is it. This is the fight of my life. I have to beat this opponent on Dead or Alive 4 because if I do, surely my dad is going to buy the console. If I lose... There's no way he's going to buy it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know what kind of 11 or 12-year-old logic that is. Obviously, I don't think it would really have any bearing on if he would have bought the console for me or not. But So I get up to that controller, and I'm like Muhammad fucking Ali on this guy. You know what I mean? I'm just going all in. I've got to win this fight. You know, and I end up doing it, and I turn, you know, I'm elated. I turn to dad. I beat him, you know, and he sees the expression on my face obviously i'm so happy because i'm thinking in my little pea brain that oh well this assuredly means that he's going to buy me the console well long story short yes he bought the console anyway and it obviously was not because i won the fight in dead or alive three or four or whatever it was but he bought the xbox console there uh, an extra controller and a copy of halo i couldn't have been more over the moon for that and uh Really, it was never the same for me after that. I, you know, I've always had a love for games, but um, that was a that was a huge moment for me. So I really kind of uh, that that memory sprung into my mind immediately when when I thought of this topic. So cool stuff. Uh, well, moving on, I, I think we we touched on a lot of different points. Launch twenty twenty. We we talked about that. It was great. Uh, some fond memories we had of different consoles. Um, did, okay, we talked about... Wait a minute. Before we move on, we talked about 
console launches, I shared a memory of a favorite console. I don't think you guys did. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, yeah, go a, share, a, share a memory with... A memorable moment. You know, uh, the 360 was, uh, was kind of like... Um, you know, we had the original Xbox, and you guys would hold LAN parties for Halo. And I think it was around the time the 360 came out, maybe shortly before I had started getting into it. And the th something about the 360, the the interchangeable faceplates, I always thought that was incredible. So we'd get together, and I'd be like, oh, no, nah, look at this, Gears of War faceplate. Um, shit like that. I remember someone biting into a pizza, piece of pizza and getting pizza sauce all over my speakers at a LAN party. While not the greatest memory... It still holds a special place in my heart because I knew we were all there, you know, playing the same game and having a good time. And, you know, I feel like we had a lot of those, um, especially with Halo and, you know, the 360 and Halo 3 and Halo Reach, you know, getting together. And it was just always a great time. Yeah, we did have a lot of those moments. We had a lot of lands. It, it was fun stuff. Yep. Luther, what about you? Do you have anything that sticks out as a, a favorite moment or experience that you had involving one of your consoles? Well, I attended, I'll hit the LAN segment here. I attended a few LANs, but man, I remember there were a few times you guys were just shit all over us and it was just so not fun for us sometimes. <laughs> Being you were there having was fun. fun. You were having Being fun. there was fun, but being crapped on over and over and over was not fun <laughs> <laughs> this was before i actually had an xbox too and and could hold my own in halo but yeah anyways kind of the togetherness uh, yeah yeah i mean one of my fondest memories my parents got me uh when i was younger they got me the see-through green like jungle edition n64 and it came with donkey kong and to this day i still know that donkey kong song dude it is so funny the rap I don't know if you guys know it, but look it up. It's awesome. I would uh, go ahead and uh, I would really like you to go ahead and recite some of that. Uh, yeah, please let us know. Okay, so it goes something like this. <laughs> he's, he's the leader of the bunch. You know him well. He's finally back to kick some tail. <laughs> His coconut gun will fire at will. If he shoots you, it's going to hurt. Uh, DK. <laughs> wow. That is exceptionally bad. Thank you. <laughs> it's, Not hey, you, you but... Just, just the lyrics in general are really right, awesome. Right. <laughs> and then there's, um, yeah, so I don't know if you guys played Donkey Kong 64, but you had different Kongs you could play as. Like, there was Lanky Kong, and he was like an orangutan, and he had like big ass arms, and he could flail them around. And then there's Tiny Kong, and uh, and then obviously played Diddy, and he had these fucking guns that shot peanuts. It was well, like in Smash Bros, of course, but yeah, it was. It was a fond memory. One of my, one of my uh, favorite ones of the old N64. And even better, fonder memory of the N64. I didn't have any memory cards. And my parents bought me the Spider-Man game where you just swing around the city or whatever. Well, since I didn't have a memory card, I could never save it. So I had to constantly play it over and over the intro and everything. It was awful. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, oh, god. The, the... a different time and, 
there was yeah, an exactly. internal yeah there was an internal memory card but you could only fit like one game on it and that was it and donkey kong was it so yeah every uh every time i played spider-man i had to start that bitch over <laughs> i'll say this i have not played donkey kong 64 i have seen speed runs of it like on gdq and stuff but what i will say is that i think donkey kong 64 is critically panned <laughs> by just just about everybody. I know, obviously, maybe like you, there are some people that look back on it fondly, but for the most part, it was a shit game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't get, I didn't ever beat it or anything. I was just too young to really get into it. Right. But, uh, right. But I mean, I'll, that fucking song, man, I'll, I'll never forget that. And the, and I'll yeah. remember, yeah, it's the the intro video and everything. It was so funny. You know, it, it's cool that you mentioned that actually because there was a lot of games, especially back in the N sixty four era, that I just wasn't old enough to really comprehend. Um, you know, how to to pr- progress effectively through the game and you know beat it or get to the ending. So, like Bobby, you know, I played a lot of Mario sixty four, but I never got anywhere close to beating it. Oh yeah. Uh, but you mentioning all that does bring me back, like, N64 especially was uh, kind of still well within the era of, like, uh, movie uh, movie rental places and stuff, like mm-hmm. like Blockbuster and, and Movie Gallery and other things like that, renting, renting games, and we were, way, we were, me and my brother were big into that back in those days, so a lot of the games that we played were rented. I do remember specifically renting Body Harvest for the N64, and that obviously is, for Nintendo, one of the more... Um, it sounds like a trip through a few gruesome. <laughs> yeah, Yeah, right, like like more <laughs> mature titles that, that Nintendo would put on one of their consoles. It really wasn't as bad as it sounds, like it was, you were like fighting aliens and stuff. It it was one of the most. It was like a third person shooter. It was one of the m- like most obtuse and poorly like the graphics were just terrible in this game. Like, and I had absolutely no concept of uh, you know how to progress at all in the game. Like things were very unclear. It, it was not a good game by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> And ironically, I did see that game on uh, GDQ one time, and uh, it is, like, extremely difficult. Like, there's no way I could have accomplished anything back then in the game. Like, I would be hard-pressed to do it now, but um, you just kind of talking about, like, DK64 and kind of spark that, that thought of, a bad game that I, I played back <laughs> in the day. You know what? I was gonna ask if you Dahmer. played as Jeffrey Dahmer or some shit with body harvest. <laughs> no, it was like a weird. You were like, God, and somebody out there is gonna probably get at me for not knowing the details. But um, you like, I think you landed in some kind of like space rover or spaceship or something like that in the beginning and come out and like like i said it's like was like giant alien bugs that you were fighting and uh there were different kinds of weapons and things but i mean look up a video of it it's oh i'm there right now okay it's It's made by midway (laughs) okay well that that'll tell you a lot too but (laughs) 
Uh, for anyone interested, I did post the Donkey Kong rap in chat. FYI. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I will 100% be checking that out. <laughs> All right. Kind of moving on from the section. Thank you guys for sharing uh, those memories. That was It was a really great insight. I love hearing that kind of stuff. We'll talk about more of that in the future. That was fun. We'll have to bring up more past memories on, on consoles and games and things like that. Um, I think that inspires some good conversation. We'll kind of wrap up the show today with, with what we normally do in kind of what games we're playing right now. We'll talk about that. I promise I am not going to do a Warzone rant this time. <laughs> last time. Um, Fuck that game. So, <laughs> oh, God, I know. Like, let's, let's not go there. Right, Luther, right. why don't you start and tell me what you're playing right now? All right, so uh, I've kind of taken a little break from Tarkov. Uh, it's uh, a lot of shit going on with it, and I'm I'm tired of getting my ass handed to me. I ran into a cheater. We did a four-man four squad, and within one second of each other, we were all dead by headshots. He fucking aimbotted us, lost all my shit, and I haven't touched it since. Anyways, new game. I picked up Hunt Showdown. I think this came out in like 2018, maybe 2019. You are a hunter in like the late 1800s in like a Louisiana setting, and you basically hunt monsters, uh, zombies, and different things like that. And your your objective is to find these clues to pinpoint a boss location, and your objective is to kill the boss and steal. I can't even remember what they're called, but you get these tokens after you kill them and you have to extract with the tokens. So this game is eerily similar to escape from Tarkov, not as hardcore and it's less forgiving, but there is a sweet PVP aspect to it. The gunplay is super fun. The sniping of the game, man, it, it gets your rocks off when you dome a guy across the map, man. It's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it's it's like it's like a late 1800s escape from Tarkov, and um, so there's uh, I won't go too much into it. Uh, there's a lot to talk about with it, but so you, you, there's a main level for your account, and then each character you have to recruit them. And here's the fun part: so the these recruits have their own level, and you can give them a loadout, so you can buy guns and things like that. And they have, after certain levels, you can put perks and shit on them. Well, if that character dies in game, you fucking lose that character. It's gone. So you have to recruit more characters and start all over leveling them up. Um, the highest I've gotten to is like 27, and, and I'm not touching him until I get a little better at the game because I keep losing all my other ones. Um, but yeah, it's it's super fun. The PvP is really fun. It's a pretty sweet game. I, I, I dig it. I remember watching. Summit 1G and Shroud play this game uh, a while back on Twitch. It does. It did look super exciting and interesting. I remember, I guess a lot like Tarkov, completely not understanding what was happening at any point. <laughs> but it did look cool. You know, it was kind of like, oh, what am I, like Van Helsing-esque. You know, right, like, right, yep. Like, Guys in trench coats with rifles and yep, dusters you know, and shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, hunting the undead and zombies and giant spiders and yep, and all yep. this different stuff. So uh, it looked really cool. That's exciting. Um, it's interesting that you picked it up. Definitely keep us apprised as to how you're enjoying it and uh, 
you know, if you're getting better and stuff. I had a... Oh, Oh, yeah, go ahead, Luke. I was just going to step in real quick. One game, I had like five or six kills, which was super awesome. Uh, And then I haven't done so well lately after that. (laughs) So, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's a fun game regardless. Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to step in there. No, you're you're more than welcome. I mean, it sounds like there's quite a, a, you know, learning curve. With this yeah, kind of thing. Just like yeah. just like there is in Tarkov. So and what sucks is so well it doesn't really suck, but what happens is when you find the clues right, the map starts shrinking in. So like it'll gray out parts of the map to kind of point you where you need to go. And everyone can see that. So you have a general idea of where people are starting to head to and shit. So it, it makes it pretty uh pretty sweaty. <laughs> sure. So it yeah. kind of shrinks the map in like a BR and yep. so it yeah. it uh cranks up the intensity with the other the other player controlled characters interesting yeah it sounds like a lot of fun if you want to check that out twitch.tv slash lutherdog got that bobby tell me what are you playing uh nothing nothing new um i've been rolling some valorant competitive again i had a great weekend i won like four or five so you're playing ranked correct yep okay I I won like we won like five matches in a row and I've ranked up to silver two and this Friday, tomorrow night, I am going to be going for gold as a challenge to someone who didn't think I could do it. So we're gonna we're gonna give that a go. And this is solo by the way, not not rolling with a squad. We're gonna hop in and see if we can make it there without a team. So it'll be interesting. Well, that is interesting, and all I can say is whoever challenged you probably doesn't know you very well, because I guarantee you're going to get gold. Um, so that's really cool. It's nice to see that you're you're continuing on that. Uh, rank I'm can assuming be a lot of fun. that's Rolling Thunder. That we'll just use rolling, this. Yeah, rolling yeah. Thunder, yeah, yeah, yeah. He kind of he kinda said when I got Silver 2, he said that's uh, small PP energy. Well, I'm going to give him the big PP this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, I mean, I'm telling you, I, I know you. I know you're going to get it, no problem. So um, that's very cool. Uh, I myself, I, I picked up MCC, the Master Chief Collection, again, a little bit. Um, I don't know. I, I love picking that game up off and on. I'll jump into the campaign. Kind of as we alluded to previously in this this episode, uh, I'm a big Halo fan. Um, but I just kind of randomly jump back in there. I They've done so much to that. It And, you know, that could be a whole episode on its own. But um, they added weapon and vehicle skins to halo one like what excuse me really yeah yeah um some of them are real bad don't get me wrong but some of them are okay and kind of cool so yeah they actually and, and there's an option to turn it off completely so you don't have to ruin your halo one nostalgia if you don't want to but yeah online matches in halo one you can there's weapon and vehicle skins it's uh just really crazy to see a game that is, you know, I mean, what is that? Twenty-five years old, or maybe not quite that much 19, at this point. I think, yeah, uh, not, yeah, We're almost twenty years that, old. Yeah. Basically, get new changes, which is uh, 
is really exciting. Um, you know, and it, it's not obviously it's take it or leave it. You know, it's just cosmetic stuff. So, and like I said, you can turn it off if you want to. But I thought it was really cool seeing, you know, AR and pistol and sniper skins in in Halo One. So I jumped in there. I, I played some games. You know, it's it's kind of like it has been really in that you know matchmaking. Uh, social mat- matchmaking, at the very least, is very Halo 3 and Halo Reach heavy. So if you want to play, you know, your Halo 2 or Halo 2 Anniversary or Halo 1, you really need to deselect Halo 3 and Reach if you want to play those games. Otherwise, you're going to be playing Halo 3 and Halo Reach all night, pretty much. So, uh, but I'll go back and forth from you know, selecting the individual games that I want to kind of including everything and, and just getting in there and playing. So it's still a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, so I've been enjoying that and, and just kind of playing it sparingly, not not real hardcore or anything. Uh, the thing I want to touch on a little bit is I I bought Final Fantasy VII for the Switch a while back. I've got quite a few hours into the game. But I kind of fell off, you know, some other stuff came out, I, I got some different games and, and kind of moved on, but it's always kind of been in the back of my mind, uh, in the backlog, as it were, to get back to that game. Obviously, it's super iconic. I I played some of it back in the day on the original PlayStation, um, but never finished it then either. So, and, uh, and I fully intend on utilizing a guide to kind of help me and uh, get me through the game without you know, too much struggle. So, I, like I said, I don't know exactly how many hours I have in it, but I really want to return to that game and put some more hours into it and kind of, uh, I really want to beat it. I really want to get all the way through it. It's, um, Cloud obviously is an iconic character. Final Fantasy VII is an iconic game, so I just want to, I feel like I owe it to myself to, to see the story all the way through and and just understand, you know, what the game is about completely. So I'm going to try to pick that up uh, probably this coming week and work on it and just uh, put some time into it. You know? Enjoy a, a single-player experience without so much of the competitive nature. You know, just as something different, you know, to change it right. up type of thing. That's one and series then... That... Oh. Go ahead, Bobby. Oh, what? sorry. I was going to say, that's one series I never played, but I always thought... I'd really enjoy. It's just... I absolutely love it. I yeah. can't recommend it enough. You know, I'm not like... Um, I mean, there's a lot of people that obviously have played all the games or are very well-versed in in the, the series as a whole. You know, I'm kind of hit and miss as far as what I've played. I, I've also downloaded um, Final Fantasy IX on my Switch and played it from beginning to end and it has become one of my favorite games of all time. Really? I mean, oh yes. Some of these stories are just unbelievably well-crafted and and um, heartfelt. And, um, you know, they can be very emotional. And But I, I don't, I, I've never found it like really tropey or too much or, or that kind of stuff. I, I think that's really, you know the people that have made those games throughout the years have really put their heart and soul into them. 
and it it comes through in the final product. Like I said, Final Fantasy IX is now one of my favorite games of all time, and this was just in the past year that I I purchased and. I couldn't put it down. I really couldn't. I think I probably have 40-plus hours in that game. Wow. And uh, I think the cool thing about it is that none of the none of the Final Fantasies are really connected. Uh, well, some of them are, but it's obvious the ones that it are, that are, like Final Fantasy XIII, Final Fantasy XIII II, things like that. But Final Fantasy, the original, and Final Fantasy II, and III, and IV, and so on, have absolutely nothing to do with each other so you can really kind of pick up whatever title strikes your fancy the most and just jump right into it and not have to worry about understanding you know <laughs> any story from the previous 11 games or 10 games or 8 games or whatever it happens to be they're all kind of self-contained stories in their own right so very it's a lot more accessible than I think some people think so um, you know, I would just kind of look at the, because the, the aesthetics of the games can vary quite a bit, but I would just look at which one kind of strikes your fancy the most as far as setting, maybe, and just give it a shot. Um, the, the thing I like about them the most is they, are, at least most of them, some of the newer ones are different, obviously, but a lot of the old games, uh, are, they're turn-based. I mean, they're turn-based traditional Japanese RPGs. So, to me, they're very relaxing and accessible because, you know, I don't need to be like, you know, with a first-person shooter, you, you have to be 100% attentive to what you're doing at every single moment. And with these games, they're to me, they're much more relaxing. Like, I can just kind of sit there and take my time and I get into a battle and take my time and I can pick my options to fight or use a potion or use magic or whatever. And I can just take as long as I want to select the options or do what I want to do without any penalty. So in, in its own way, to me, it's very relaxing to play these games because they're not, they're not near as intense as, you know, as if I was playing Halo or Warzone or, or PUBG or anything like that. Right. So it's cool. a lot of fun for, for me to, check these games out but long story long i want to get back to final fantasy 7 and uh get through that one so i'll be trying to do that and then last with um super mario all-stars like i said i played that a little bit today i'm gonna try to play some more of that and also donkey kong country is on the super nintendo uh app for Nintendo Switch Online subscribers. I've played a little bit of that, too. That game holds up, like, very well. So uh, I would like to jump into that a little bit more and just kind of, kind of, you know, put a little time to it, into it. You know, I'm not, I don't have any intention on beating it completely, but it, it was fun to play in the time that I played it, and I just like to mess around a little bit more with it. So that's pretty much what I'm going to try to do. But yeah, I think that kind of wraps everything up for this episode. Thank you so much for joining me today, Bobby and Luther. I appreciate appreciate everything. Kind of signing off. Bobby, where can people find you if they want to reach out? Uh, you can find me on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash LXSpawnXL. Luther, what about you? 
Uh, you did mention it earlier. Uh, I do stream occasionally. You can find me on twitch.tv forward slash LutherDog, L-U-T-H-E-R-D-A-W-G. Awesome. If you want to reach uh, all of us at the channel's email, it's deltatangofireteam at gmail.com. If you want to spot, if you want to find, if you want to find me specifically, I'm on Xbox Live at Drakewind is my gamer tag. And I think that's all we have for episode three of Delta Tango Fire Team. Thanks again, guys, for joining me. Thank you so much for listening. I can't wait for episode four. We'll see everybody next week.